Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. As we are staying, we can go in the word of the Lord tonight, Genesis 2 and 7. Amen. Continuing on in our series that uh, entitled Our Relationship with God. Genesis 2, 7 says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Amen. So we're continuing on that. You may be seated tonight. Amen. While, while understanding the, the many relationships that you and I have with other individuals, uh, in this series we're, we're taking the, the same kind of lens and applying it to God uh, as best we can to look at the different relationships that human beings have with God. Uh, we broke it down to friend of God and enemy of God. Uh, and we've declared uh, that the underlying characteristic of an enemy of God is pride, pride at work. And especially since Scripture states that God resisteth the proud. And so uh, we obviously uh, are aware of that. And we need, uh, as, as you and I, as the friend of God, we still have to be watchful for pride in our lives uh, because while we are spiritually born again, we, we still have this earthen vessel that this flesh and this carnal nature that manufactures pride, uh, the, the natural man's inclination is to resist God. And, and so last week we identified one key element that keeps a friend of God, a friend of God. And that was uh, communication and or, or, or prayer. Uh, again, just how our relationships with others are, how they can be evaluated by how much we communicate with them. Uh, our relationship with God is also evaluated by our communication with Him. And how we communicate is through prayer. And so last week we explored this line of communication, or rather the lack thereof, and those 12 effects of prayerlessness that we went through, and hopefully it's helped you in, in your communication with God. Uh, and once we have been informed, once our eyes have, have seen it, and we can no longer plead ignorance and say, well, I didn't know that not praying could have all these effects on me. Uh, now we are on the line, and now we are responsible to be watchful and more prayerful and on guard against the effects of prayerlessness because we've been uh, uh, exposed and, and educated in them. But tonight we are moving away uh, from the enemy of God that didn't take much to talk about, about how God communicates or, or re, re responds to them. Tonight we're, we're going to move to the other side, the friend of God, and how it is broken down into many categories. Uh, and looking at those relationships that God ascribe, that the Bible ascribes to us. And, and that is tonight we are talking about uh, being the sons of God. Son of God, daughter of God, uh, if you will. Uh, and so that is, uh, that is a title, that is a label that is given to believers that we are the sons of God. In Luke 3 and 1, 
Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And so that label, that title that we are called, uh, describes a relationship that we have with God, father to son, father to daughter, if you will, uh, father to his children. That is a relationship uh, that we are in, uh, and not only just in this life, but also in our, uh, our walk with God. And, and so this paternal relationship that we are all naturally we're all naturally sons and daughters, and to be here in this world, uh, we have to have a mother and a father, and uh, sadly, uh, not everyone grows up with both of their parents, uh, not everyone grows up uh, the way things ought to be, and some people grow up even with, uh, without a mother or a father, and some may have had both parents, but still have had issues in their childhood, in their life. Uh, and, and there's no doubt that uh, not growing up in an ideal household is going to have an effect on the children. Uh, the children w- uh, is where they are affected when things aren't right uh, in the home. Uh, the next generation is impacted by that. And so uh, I saw a, a quote somewhere a few days ago, and I, I wish I would have wrote it down, but I, 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 I didn't. And, and so it goes something like this. Children are, children are not aware of the choices that adults make. They just end up suffering for them many times. They don't, they don't really understand all that goes on, but they are, their lives are, 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 are greatly impacted by the decisions that adults make or parents make. And uh, uh, if adults decide to get a divorce, who's really going to suffer? Is the kids who have who have no say? They don't really understand all that's going on, but their lives are impacted by the by the choices of adults. And um, uh, a, a good example that I have seen uh, around and it, it it tears at my heart is is what we're dealing with now is is COVID is the the respiratory virus that uh, severely affects adults and uh, those that have underlying medical conditions are are. Uh, die from this, and uh, because these adults are dying, we need to put the mask on the two-year-olds, and that just, that breaks my heart. I, you may be okay with that, that's fine, but it breaks my heart uh, when they say you need a mandate mask on two-year-olds and up, and um, even though the, the science and the medical data shows that kids really aren't even affected by this, but yet the adults make the decisions and the kids have to are wearing wearing a mask, and, and these poor kids. We we as adults can't stand the mask over our face. Can you imagine these poor kids? Uh, and they don't know any better, do they? They're just doing what they're told. And um, uh, I have issues hearing what somebody, what an adult is saying when they're wearing a mask. I, I try to look at their lips, but to better understand the words that they're saying. But uh, I, I still uh, I can't get it. But can you imagine being a kid with one of those on your face and trying to learn to read and to spell and to play on the playground while you're sucking air, all the air that you can get 
through that poor mask, breathing all that damp bacteria that collects on it all day. It's poor kids. And I, I even saw kids at a school who had sinks outside for the kids that had to wash their hands with soap and water as they go in uh, before entering. And uh, every day they had to do this. And you know what? There was no paper towels for them. No paper towels for these poor kids. Nothing was provided. You know what they had to do? They had to dry their hands off on their clothing. Would you and I put up with that? We, 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 we wouldn't put up with that. But yet these kids, they don't know any better. They have, they're, they're forced to dry their hands on their clothing. Poor kids, even if it's 45 degrees outside, you need to wash your hands. And we're not going to provide any, any cloth for you to wipe them off. Poor kids. And so, uh, you know, I got I to gotta get off the COVID thing because it gets me fired up about what it's being used for. Obviously, it is a virus, but uh, I just feel like it's being used for so much more. Uh, and obviously, you can see the, the things happening. So get ready to show your national vaccine passport before you travel or even to keep your job or to have insurance benefits, whatever. whatever. We don't know how far it's going to go. But to be a part of this new society that they're making, as we talked about even last year, about the Great Reset that's, that happened in January, and it is obviously this is all a part of it. Uh, to be a part of the new society, you must do everything that the government says. Well, if not, then good luck surviving. Um, but did you know that if you, could go, if you go on the CDC website and you read, you can read their plan about internment camps. Anyone that they deem as high risk, they can ship you off to one of these camps. They call it a safe zone or a green zone. Uh, for your health and safety, of course, and to protect society, uh, keep you away from your friends and family. Uh, you may be loaded up in railroad cars to get there, but uh, you can go look for yourself. They call it shielding approach. It's their plan to set up these camps that they can just transport people and to keep them in there. Uh, and so shielding approach is what they call it. Uh, so uh, I don't feel like it's, it's all about COVID. I believe it's about control. Uh, and, and so we are watching the foundation of the world, one world government, spread its tentacles all throughout the world and even into America right now. And, and if that is not in the, any indication of the hour that we are living in, I don't, know, I don't know what other signs people need to wake up. Uh, because Jesus is returning very, very, very soon, and I want to be caught away with him, don't you? We, we don't need to fret or fear uh, about this world because we have Jesus on our side, and we are the children of God, and he is our father. And like any good father, he's going to take care of his children. Amen? Amen. So to better understand our role as a son of God, a child of God, we need to look no further than Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of God. And so begotten, that really just means that Jesus is the only physical manifestation that, that humans have ever walked with and talked with uh, uh, that is God himself. And so Jesus is the only human body that God made for himself. That's the only begotten son. That's what it means. Uh, and he had to do that to be a legitimate sacrifice for humanity. God had to have a legitimate human body 
uh, made of the same flesh and blood that we have in order to be a, 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 a genuine sacrifice. He can't show up with, with some kind of Superman skin or, or costume and say, I'm here to die for you guys because it's, it's not fair. It's not, it doesn't work like that. Uh, if he was a true sacrifice, he had to have the same flesh and, and blood that we have. And, and so if God was going to do that, he needed to make himself a body, and that's where uh, Jesus comes in. And so uh, that comes by being born of a woman. And so when a mother gives birth to a boy, he is called a son. And so who is this son's father? Well, it's God. Okay, so he's the son of God. It doesn't mean he's number two. That means he's God. Uh, wrapped in a human body. Uh, and, and so the Bible says that Mary was conceived by the Holy Ghost. And so the Spirit of God is what makes the Son. And so that doesn't make Jesus number two. That just makes his human body is being filled with the Holy Ghost, with the Spirit of God. And so his, his body doesn't make him a separate being in the Godhead because his body is killed. Uh, it is the spirit of the living God that gives uh, him life and empowers him a, and empowers a human being to be called the Son of God. 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, uh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. And so... Uh, that's when God came and lived among us uh, for those short 33 years uh, through the body uh, of Jesus Christ. And so if the Spirit of God inhabited this body of Jesus, what happens when somebody else, someone whose name is not Jesus, but let's say their, their name is Phil, for example. What happens when Phil is filled with the Holy Ghost? Romans 8.15, for we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And so once somebody receives the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues as the Bible declares, once that happens, the spirit of God declares that we are a son of God, that we are a daughter of the Most High God, and, and our bodies are, are just a fleshly tabernacle, a, a fleshly veil that, uh, that houses the Spirit of God. Jesus' body was just a fleshly tabernacle too, just like our body is. And, and so some people might think that the Holy Ghost that Jesus had is different than the Holy Ghost that you and I have. Because it's God, right? Uh, that we've got a toned down version, that Jesus got a, a, a computer chipped twin turbo board out v, V12 with a thousand horsepower. That's the Holy Ghost he got. And, and we're over here redlining some four cylinder with a loud muffler. I mean, some people may think that what Jesus has is what he, the spirit he had is different than the spirit that we have. But. Uh, it's simply untrue, and it's not biblical. The Bible says that we have the same spirit that Christ had. We have the same Holy Ghost that Jesus had. Romans 8 and 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And if so, uh, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. 
Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Here we go in just one verse. You got the Spirit of God and you got the Spirit of Christ. And so uh, how many spirits are there? There can only be one Spirit because there's only one God. And so if the Spirit of God is also the Spirit of Christ, that means Christ is God. Uh, and so uh, the Spirit of God, uh, the Spirit of Christ is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, it doesn't talk about any kind of different spirit. The same spirit that dwelt in Jesus dwells in us, and he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken our mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in us. And so we have the spirit of Christ. We have been given power from another world to live in this world and to be a witness in this world and to thrive and to be victorious in this world. We have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Because we are the children of God. We are a mighty people. We are a blessed people. And our Father will never leave us or forsake us because we have His Spirit. And so, a a pregnant mother carries around her baby for nine long months. And when it comes time for the baby to be birthed, how does the mother know that the baby has been born and is alive and well? Yeah, of course, she's, she's waiting for the doctor to place it in her arms, and then she knows, but a, a mother knows that her baby is alive even before it is brought to her. How does she know that? Because she hears it cry. Once the baby is born, what do the doctors do? They make sure the, 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 the esophagus and the, the passages are all clear. And then guess what? The, the baby starts crying, takes a breath of air. And the air of this world fills its lungs. And then it breathes and then it cries out and it starts crying. And so that is how everyone in the room knows that the baby has arrived because of the cry. And that it can live and survive in this world all because of the cry. When you hear a cry, you know its lungs are working and it can breathe and process the air and uh, survive in this world. So the same thing happens when someone is born of the Spirit and is filled with the Holy Ghost. A a sound is made. A noise can be heard. A, A cry is uttered from the soul of that person as they speak in tongues. And all these people that, that say that they've accepted Christ as their personal Savior, that's not how the birthing process works. That This fetus in the womb doesn't say, I accept you as my mother. And then poof, it's born. That's not, that's, not how you're born, that's not how you're born. That's not the birthing process. Uh, Christians that haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost and spoken in tongues, in my opinion, they're still in the womb. They, they live in a different world than spirit-filled believers live in because they haven't completed the birthing process. Her, her water breaks, and the baby has to pass through the water, through the birthing canal, and then, and then it's got to let the wind of the Spirit fill its lungs and, and tell everyone that I'm here. 
with a cry, with an utterance, with a, with a, with a sound that is being heard. And, and, and so that's what happens when the Holy Ghost comes in and fills somebody and they're born, born of the Spirit. They begin to cry out in response to this new breath of fresh air because they're entering into a new world. And we, as apostolics, we are, we're, we're some tough people. We're, we're true disciples of Jesus Christ, and, and we know how to pray, and we know how to get a hold of God, and we know how to move with the Spirit of God, and we know how to call down the fire from God, and, and how to plead the blood, and how to call on the name of Jesus. Why? Because we are alive, and we have been born into a spiritual world into the kingdom of God. We, we know how to engage in spiritual warfare, and we know how to walk and fight in the spirit. Why? Because we are the children of God, and we have received his spirit, and we are, have born of the spirit because we heard the sound. Anyone else who has not been filled with the Holy Ghost and spoken in tongues is going to have a hard time living for God in this evil world. Why? Because they're still a fetus. They haven't, been, they haven't been born. They haven't went through the birthing process. They're still in the womb and, and haven't been born yet. And so uh, I'm not here to, to discount or, or tear down anyone else's experience in Christ. And all of those things are great. I'm just saying that there is a completely different world once you are filled with the Holy Ghost. It's a completely different world. We're, we're a completely different church than any other church on this road. Why? Because we've been born again. We've went through the birthing process that Jesus says we need to go through, and we've been born of the water and born of the Spirit, and you get plugged into a whole different world because the Holy Ghost fills your lungs, and you begin to cry, and, and you're in a different world. And if you've been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, the, the call of God is for us to, to grow in Him after we've been birthed and born and to grow in Him and to grow in His Word and to grow in the Spirit and to grow in prayer and to, to grow in our, uh, our dependence upon God. He's called us all to be spiritually mature adults. That's the calling on all of our lives. You need to grow up like you do naturally. Do that spiritually as well. And so uh, he, or the calling is not for us to stay as an infant. We, 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 you know, people are born again, but that's that's not the end. That's just the beginning. Uh, and so uh, we're not to be an infant. People uh, can think that just because that I've been born again, that I, I'm good and everything is fine. But in reality, just like naturally, you're just a baby. You're just a baby laying in a bassinet on the third floor. And, and, and many people, their whole Christian life, they've never really left the hospital. They're just, uh, this is it, right? This is this is the life. I did it. I spoke in tongues and was baptized, and I'm good. Well, you're still in the hospital. Uh, Paul Paul talks to the Corinthians and and says, "Man, I wanted to feed you guys and give you guys some good stuff, and uh, but you're you're you couldn't handle it. You're you're you. I wanted to give you some meat, but you uh, couldn't handle that, and." Uh, you I still have to give you uh, milk of the word of God. And, and so um, what happens is, is, is they're, they're babies. They, they don't pray on their own. They don't grow in the word, and they don't develop the muscles to, to walk as a mature adult. And, and so they'll, they'll come to church, and they need the preacher to feed them. 
and to hold them and to cradle them and to pray over them because they haven't figured out how to do that on their own yet. And so what happens is, is uh, they haven't done that throughout the week, and so uh, they still uh, can't survive on their own because they haven't developed the muscles to, to do all that, spiritual muscles. And so if, if we all come here and all we come to do is to get fed, then what does that make us? Uh, we should be feeding ourselves. We should be learning to feed ourselves and uh, through reading the Word of God, ingesting the Word of God, and praying and, and devoting to, to time with God all throughout the week and, and saying, man, I, I've got to share this with somebody else. I've eaten so much all week long, it's just coming out of me, and I've got to pour it into somebody else's life uh, uh, and to be a blessing to somebody else. And I've got to pray for somebody else because, man, even though it's a great message and a great word uh, from the preacher, uh, and we need to hear that, but uh, I, I, I'm, I'm healthy enough on my own that I, I can take care of myself as well. And, uh, but I want to come and be a blessing to, to somebody else too. So the sign of maturity is when you can take care of yourself and you're able to take care of others. If you can't take care of yourself, I don't want you helping me, you know. If you can't do it yourself, then uh, how can you help me? Uh, and so uh, I encourage you on Sunday, look for somebody to minister to, somebody to, to, somebody to pray for, somebody to speak to and make them feel welcome. And, uh, because if we're, we're spiritual adults and we can handle ourselves, we need to make sure we take care of the, those uh, less fortunate, those the weak ones or, or babies or, or newcomers. Or, or we have many guests that come through these doors, but uh, how many of us greet them? How many of us treat or how many of us greet them and, and, and make them feel wonderful and, and at home here? Or how many of us treat them like they have COVID? I see a new face. I sure hope somebody goes and talks to them. Uh, I, I, I'm guilty of this myself, but we can get uh, so busy talking to each other that we don't even talk to the new people or the guests that are coming to say, hey, maybe this is the place. I felt led. They obviously felt led by the Spirit to be here. That's what the Bible says. Uh, and so if God draws them here, then it's on us to respond to them. And, and, and how, do we, how do we respond to them? Uh, uh, and so if we want to grow as a church, the most important people on Sundays are going to have to be the, the new people. Right? If we want to grow as a church, we got to make every single person say, hey, I want to come back to that church. That place was so great. Those people were so friendly. They were so wonderful. Uh, uh, the, the guests and the spiritual babies are, are, are the most important people if we're going to grow as a church. And if we are spiritual adults, then we just wouldn't leave them all by themselves, would we? So it, it all begins with a cry. I know it's in tongues, and I, uh, I know we don't know what we are saying, but God knows what we are saying. Galatians 4, 6, and because you are sons, God hath sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And so what is it that we are saying? At least initially, I would say that we are crying, Father, Father, Father. It's like a baby in the, op, in the in the hospital is crying. It's crying. It's crying for his parents. It's crying for his father. It's crying for his mother. When we initially receive the Holy Ghost, I believe that that's what we're saying. Abba, Father. 
we're crying for our father because we're, we're new into this and new birth into this new world that we don't know anything. A, a new relationship has been formed. A, a father has a new child. And, and what will that father do for his newborn child? Uh, a father is going to do anything and everything in his power. He's going to do anything he can to protect them, to, to feed them, to nurture them, to watch over them. Uh, and so anything that we as parents do for our newborns, do you think that we are a better parent than our Heavenly Father is? And so whatever we would do for our own kids, know that God would do that and so much more. And so that's why we don't need to fret or fear about what happens because uh, we're, we protect our kids so God's, and we're, we're God's kids. And so we have to understand that God is going to protect us. We're his children. We cry out, Abba, Father. How can he ignore that cry? Uh, and so th- this issue, this can sometimes be an issue with, with some uh, because of their upbringing, because of their, their natural father. Maybe he wasn't around or wasn't a good father. Uh, their relationship with their natural father was, has been damaged somehow. And it can, it can become an issue when you come in here and say, now he's your heavenly father. When your, your, your earthly father wasn't, wasn't, didn't, wasn't really good in your life. And now you come in here and say, this is your heavenly father. And so if, if they're, not, they're not trained and, 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 and if they don't understand that uh, uh, our natural fathers are not perfect, but our heavenly father is perfect. And, and that he is everything that our earthly father was not and so much more. That uh, if, if you've had a bad experience with your natural father, know that your heavenly father is never going to do anything bad that's going to harm you. Or, or, or he's always going to be there for us. And so we have to make this connection, if, if need be, uh, that our heavenly father is, is, is so much greater uh, than our natural fathers because he's perfect. Amen? Musicians, if you would come. Uh, and so... Uh, since we are the, the children of God, the sons of God, uh, this relationship that we're in with our Heavenly Father, He as our Father and we are His children, uh, looking at, continuing to look at Jesus since He was our example, when Jesus prayed, how did He pray? If that's the main thing going, tied into back to last week about the, the main thing that keeps us the friend of God and connected with Jesus with, with God is our communication and prayer. That's the main thing. Uh, when Jesus prayed, how did he pray? And uh, we know that the Bible says that when he prayed, he, he went apart. He left his disciples and he went along, went to be alone and, and prayed all by himself. And he said in Matthew 6 and 6, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, Pray to thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. And so Jesus says, uh, to connect with your Father, you go in secret and you pray to him in secret. And communicate to your Father, uh, uh, just you and him, you and your Father praying. Uh, We see examples, Mark 14, 36, and he said, Abba, Father. Jesus saying that. Don't we say that when we receive the Holy Ghost? Abba, Father. Here Jesus is saying, Abba, Father. Why? We have the same spirit. We say the same thing. 
Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. This is when he was in the garden. Uh, here he is. He's crying, Abba, Father. Uh, John 17 and 1, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour come, glorify thy son that thou son may glorify thee. Uh, and so we see the, a relationship here that is father and son. A son, a child is talking to his father. He's communicating with his dad in prayer and, and how, are, are, how are we to pray. We have the same spirit of Jesus and so we enter into our prayer closet and we just we pray to our father. Abba, Father, thank you for your, your grace and your mercy. Thank you for all that you've done. And I need your strength today. I need you to help me and get through all these things. Why? We're, we're talking to our Father. As, as Jesus uh, uh, paved the way and showed us how to do that, we too are praying uh, to our Father, our Heavenly Father, because we are his child. And so as a child of God, our relationship with our Father is described uh, as alone in prayer, just as Jesus did, uh, just as he was talking to his uh, heavenly father, we too talk to our heavenly father as the son of God. As a newborn babe with our first cry of Abba, Father, all the way to our death, on the cross, Jesus cries out again, Father, forgive them, praying again. Uh, and so it seems like uh, every time Jesus was praying or we have the words that he was praying, it was a father and son, one-on-one, -on -one, just alone with your father, alone with your heavenly father, getting to know him, getting to know uh, what he likes, what he dislikes, and, and what his will is, what his desire is. I mean, it's, uh, it's the relationship that we have to build with our heavenly father um, as a child of God. You stand with me tonight. It seems that by Jesus' example, that communication between God and man was through the relationship of father and son. Didn't after God made Adam, didn't he didn't say, Good luck, Adam. What did he do? He came down and he talked with him every day. Talked with his son. As a son and father, just talk and communicate. The same thing uh, is there is this relationship that you and I have with our Heavenly Father. And just talking with our Heavenly Father, trying to understand what He wants so that we can be about our Father's business. That's what we're called to do, right? Be about our Father's business. Well, how are we going to know His business unless we talk with Him? Amen. And so uh, this relationship between Father and Son father and daughter. Galatians 4 and 7 says, Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And so if we are a son of God, then the Bible says that we are also, because of that, that we are also an heir. And so whatever our father has is going to pass down to his children, right? That's how things work, right? Uh, my kid's probably not going to have much to get. Especially keep having girls. I'm already broke. 
So, but just the way we, we live in this normal, natural life, it's not like it's all that far different than our heavenly life, than our, our heavenly father. I mean, uh, if uh, fathers die, they pass their heritage down to their kids. And so if we are a child of God, then Bible says then we're heirs, whatever we're heirs of, of, of God through Christ. Whatever, whatever our heavenly father has, guess what? We're heirs to that because we've been adopted by the, the spirit of adoption. And uh, Romans 8, 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And so now that we have been adopted by this merciful father, who we are not his kids, we are just some horrible kids off the street, and this heavenly father says, come into my house and you can be my child, be my son. We've been adopted by a merciful father. Now, all of a sudden, now we're heirs because we're his son. We're his, we're his daughter to whatever he has in his kingdom. We have access to that. We, we, that's, that's in line for us to inherit one day. And, and what does our heavenly father have? He's got eternal life. He's always, he doesn't die. He's always alive. And so if, if eternal life is something our heavenly father has, guess what? We're heirs to eternal life, aren't we? And his kingdom has streets of gold. Guess what? We're heirs to that. And guess what? The Bible says that there's mansions being made for us. Why? Because we're children. We're his kids. We're going to come go and live with our father because we are heirs to that. And, and up, up there, the Bible says that there's no more death. We're heirs to that. There's going to be a day where we don't have to face death. That we don't have to pass through that and deal with that anymore. Why? Because we'll be with our Father and we'll be heirs with Him. There's going to be no more pain and normal, no more sorrow. Why? Because we're an heir of God. And whatever He has, we are His children and we have access to that. And so our future is not dark like this world's future is, but our future is bright. Our future is is a place worth going to and we know he's coming soon and very soon for his children and I want to be ready, don't you? Well, why don't we worship the Lord together and why don't we worship our Heavenly Father and cry out to him and tell him we're, we thank him, we love him for all that he has done. Well, here we are, Father. We are your children. We thank you all that you have done for us. We know wouldn't be here without you. You're all together loved. You've adopted us. All together. We're not worthy. But you are Lord. All together wonderful to me. We want to praise you. Here I am. Here I want to worship you tonight.
worship you. We praise you tonight, God. We magnify you, Lord. Hallelujah. You are, Lord, our heavenly Father. Hallelujah. We worship you. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. It's so great to be a child of the Most High God because we have access to things that people in this world have no idea about. And so we shouldn't be afraid of what's going on out there as dark as it may get. Amen. We know our Heavenly Father is not going to leave us or forsake us. Amen. Because we are His children. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name. Let's go out and be the, the children of God.